Third place in the league, Ed. Third oh. place in the league. Oh. I mean, it's... You know what? You know what? I, I keep having to tell myself we should not get excited about the race for fourth. We should not because that's all about Arsenal, right? Chasing fourth place is about Arsenal. United should never be in this situation. Third is where it's at. Exactly. Third. You're chasing third. Now that's for the big boy clubs. <laughs> um, and I mean... At any point during this season, from uh, the second game onwards, we would have bitten your hands off for third place. So just before we started recording, we um, we tracked United's league position over the course of the season. We were second after the first round of games because we beat uh, Chelsea 4-0. Um, very important game vis-a-vis goal difference, turns out, by the end of the season. Um, the uh, The second week, we were down to fourth. Uh, we touched back into the top four in about the middle of September. By the middle of October, we were 14th in the league. 14th. And uh, we didn't get back into the Champions League places until last week. So, well, this week, right? Until game week 37. Absolutely Crazy stuff. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's testament to how well United had done post-lockdown. And in fact just before it as well in terms of results we've we've um crept over the line I and mean, this is a marathon runner who's crawling over the line basically and we just had Leicester crawling after us um it's it's a, it's it's amazing stuff i mean they were shattered out there today i mean bruno was dead i mean ollie took him off 20 minutes too late i think and it really could have hurt us and um, we were fortunate that Leicester just didn't have enough in the tank and we defended just about good enough um, to to um, to get over the line. And a couple of you know, really poor errors by Johnny Evans helped us out. Yes! Somewhat. Once a red, always a red. Once a red, always a red. Um, gave us a, a, the gift of a, a lovely penalty. Thank you, Johnny. I think he was maybe a little bit unlucky with that. It felt like I, I he don't got think his he toe made on the, the foul. I mean, right. toe on the ball and take cleaning out the man is always a foul. It's, yeah. it's just 100% going to be given one. But um, Morgan, you slow it down frame by frame. Morgan's foot on Martial's shin happens before Evan's toe on the right. ball. There you go. So, but the ref called it differently and, and booked, booked Evans when you really should have sent him off being the last man. I uh, know. Denial of Dub- a goal scoring opportunity. No, no double jeopardy. He made a legitimate challenge for the ball. The rules changed. Ah, shocking. shocking. Um, and anyway, it doesn't matter because he was like, no, you're right. The ref should have sent me off. And so I'm going to try and kill Scott McTominay, get myself <laughs> sent off. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about that first half because there weren't half some squeaky bum moments in that first half. I didn't I mean, think I looked... did not like it when. Um, well, like, I think United had two very specific problems, right? One was the one that Gary Neville got all there. Uh, condescending about which was uh, Leicester playing it like forcing United to play into the fullbacks by playing fairly narrow okay um, and normally you counter that just by playing a switch ball which is always on against that system and and United were not able to get Pogba and Fernandes into the right positions to do that um, but the worst one was when we had Maguire, Lindelof and Matic on the ball and Leicester's only moments came from that I mean they'd lost their main creative force because Madison was was out, um, which means that um, um, you know they had to push um, 
the uh, the Belgian lad whose name I've completely Telemans. forgotten. <laughs> Telemans. I want to call him Dendonka. Wrong Belgian lad. <laughs> so Telemans further forward than perhaps he might want to be, uh, and he wasn't able to pick those passes. But you know, I mean. My uh, my resting heart rate's normally sub fifty. It was uh, it was p- pushing a hundred at times. <laughs> it's really. You sent us a little screenshot of your Apple Watch, which uh, I think is that one of those screenshots with like this is all of us. Well, it's not quite the the, the concept is all of us. The numbers might not be so much all of us because you've got an excellent resting heart rate, obviously. Um, but the uh. The thing that I thought about that first half is we did not look gassed in the same way that we did in the FA Cup and whatnot, in the same way especially that we did against uh, God, West Ham in midweek. Um, we looked really nervy, really, really nervy. So, yeah, you've identified the structural problem. I have no idea what Gary Neville said because I I have taken to exclusively watching football on mute at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good decision. Yeah, no, he just kept uh, calling out the fact that the the, the outball was always into United's fullbacks, which was correct, right? Yeah. And and that's fine. And it's not necessarily the fullbacks that had the problem there. It was the fact that Rashford and Greenwood needed to be fifteen yards further up the pitch so United could play the ball in behind Leicester's defenders or play the switch ball. I mean, that was the outball, and United just couldn't do it, and it was just inviting pressure. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and this is the the kind of uh, we know that that's that's something that needs to happen in this in the system is the like the the best way to counter the way united are playing at the moment is to try and force the ball into the fullbacks because they're the least potent of united's attacking threats but still you're likely to cough up dangerous situations if you do that because it's not it's not risk free but there wasn't the there wasn't the kind of fluidity that we've seen but like I said it didn't look so much like it was exhaustion by the end of the game well by the end of his time on the pitch Bruno looked shattered but generally I just thought they looked very nervous and and the thing I think that we would have identified as the biggest threat is United's centre-backs and central midfielders not just Matic Pogba too of uh, dawdling on the ball when they shouldn't in the in the back third of the pitch and that happened numerous times Pogba was loose in with a couple of passes as well that there was one kind of like across really dangerous yeah, one yeah that was in the it. second half yeah when he cut back and hit it across with his left foot yeah that was I mean I, I thought he was okay today Pogba he uh he's yeah you know, his passing was neat enough in midfield Mat- Matic I mean I don't know whether it's tiredness or that new contract but ever since he put ink to paper, he's he's not been good in these but last I, few games. I think he did a lot of good things as well in this game. Like he did do he did do a number of very not good things. But played, played a lovely ball through. Um, it wasn't the penalty shout, was it? It was the one. No, that was bef- Bruno. That yeah, right. So it was the one before that that Martial almost got onto and just couldn't get a shot away in time. No, he did some good things too. It just terrifies me. I mean, Lindelof, Maguire supposed to be ball playing centre backs they don't seem to be able to pick the ball through. And I don't know whether it's Pogba and Fernandez's position is not giving them the options. Something's a problem there. Um, and, and Matic does need time on the ball. He, he's a beautiful passer when he's got that time. Um, right now he's more effective further forward than he is in sort of defensive positions. And, and that's a long-term issue because United are not going to solve the problem at centre-back, the problem in goal, the problem in defensive midfield, Another forward for depth and a left back this summer. No chance, no way, never going to happen. Um, you know, a really good summer would be three of those summer. I say late summer, 
um, into autumn. <laughs> um, so that's just not going to happen. So we're going to ha- have that problem next season probably as well. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that tends to get found out. But today, just about enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how good was it at the end of this game? So the penalty happens. Everyone's so, so nervous. Everyone was so nervous all the way through. The players were nervous. Every supporter was nervous. I think we were all ter- from them like about somewhere between 9am and 4pm. Well, probably probably 3.20 would be about the latest it kicked in for anyone, I'm sure. Everyone would have been like jangly nerves all day. Um, the, the first half didn't do anything to allay that nerves, especially since Chelsea made it 2-0 in quick fire time just at the back end of that half. So we go into half time, everything's on an absolute knife edge. The one thing we can say is that Leicester didn't exactly look at the races. They they weren't like, they were putting that pressure on the players they could put pressure on, but they weren't stringing yeah. three passes together either. No, no, that's absolutely right. So, I mean, they had to win, remember? So you kind of expected after half time when United were a little bit plodding in that first half for Leicester to really try and press on and they did for about five minutes but they couldn't sustain it so this was united not fluid at all no um didn't really deserve to win the game i mean point uh it was was 1.4 xg so 0.8 and 0.3 were the goals so that's 0.3 of an xg actually created from actual creative play football play from open from open play i mean which doesn't uh, oh, because well, the, the Lingard goal was one, like yeah. gifted. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know the post shot xG on that one. So, but he's going to have gone from yeah, zero point three to one hundred within a millisecond there. Um, but anyway, it's uh, this was this was the kind of performance we've seen. I mean, there's been different flavors of this against Southampton and Palace and West Ham and Chelsea in the, the semi final, where um, it's just a lot of a lot of the same team playing week in, week, week out. As we spoke about in the last pod, Oli doesn't fully trust his squad and isn't using it. So I, he I can't think, do this next season. He can't. I, he just won't be able to do that over a 50, 60 game season. I think that you have to separate this game out from the rest of this run. I think actually in two ways you have to separate it out. One, I don't think the same stamina issues were at play as they have been. And two, there was just a, a completely different atmosphere to this game. There was a completely different level of pressure on it. This was the moment and in the end this is one where you go the devil's in the detail this is one where you get over the line come what may and uh, for sure yeah yeah i mean if it had taken bruno picking the ball up with his hands and running it into the net if he could have got away with it then, then that would have done yes absolutely but some of the same flavor as we've had for the last uh, i don't know two and a half three weeks was yeah. in there but but it was enough today enough and and jesse ruined that manchester city fans <laughs> day i don't i can't remember how much he was due to make but it was thousands right yeah. his bet was no assist no goal all season and with like the last kick of the game he's gifted one by by Leicester amazing it's so I mean it might be his last ever game for United in the Premier League yeah I mean it, wouldn't be, I mean, it should be really I mean for him and the club he needs to move on um, but yeah hilarious um, so Martial I thought was probably the best of a bad bunch I thought he, he like laboured a lot there was one moment where um, uh, Justin put in a legitimate tackle on him in the penalty area and he had two or three players around him and I thought actually 
if he was like fully at his best, he might have been able to explode away from those defenders. I mean, they were closing on it. It was difficult. I could be completely wrong about this, but it looked like he his first thought was almost to play for the penalty rather than Yeah, to, he tried to cut across Justin. There was one in the first half, actually, where he didn't cut across Justin. Now, shouting, cut across him! Because, you know, <laughs> it's how you win the penalty, right? Just yeah. go across your defender. Or if you don't win the penalty, you take them out of the game. Um, and he did, but just didn't have that, yeah, extra yard in order to get away from him. Um, trying to think of other, any other good chances for United in there. Rashford, Rashford had a shot from a wide angle. Yeah, yeah good Rashford shot. got into a decent uh, position and then got it stuck under his feet, didn't he, and spooned it over. Uh, Leicester hit the bar from Jamie Vardy from oh, the corner. Gosh, yeah. That was... Uh, yeah, oh, Dave tried to chuck one in his net or at least palm it out to, to Vardy in the first half. He, he, I mean, it was just... It, it's, it's very specific, Dave's problem, right? It's not a screaming 40-yard in the top corner. He's going he's gonna to leap like a cat and tip that out. It's, um, it's, it's not even, like, crossed the balls anymore. I mean, he just doesn't go, go for those, so he's not dropping any. Um, it is the half power dribbler shot where he's not focused yeah. that's the one that beats him Absolutely. and it nearly beat him and he was offside anyway but he he just gifted it to Jamie Vardy this is this is the thing and and in the end it was fine and like he even that one that he kind of gifted in inverted commas to Jamie Vardy he managed to get like had a little bit of verbals with Jamie Vardy but he managed to get in the way do what he needed to do and the um uh, so that that was Leicester's kind of Key opportunities. That was offside anyway, that one, by the way. Yeah. That was pulled yeah. back for offside. Um, and then then the penalty in the second half. So definitely a penalty. Bruno with an excellent ball through to Martial after having kind of done nothing more or less all game. And then, I mean, massive, massive props to Bruno Fernandes for scoring a penalty under those circumstances. I mean, so much resting on it, so much pressure. Scores. Yeah, he, he, you're just thinking... He went back to the, the hop, skip and the jump. Yeah, that's which the second he, one he in dropped. a row. Yeah, he dropped it and then he brought it back in the semi-final. That penalty right at the end of the semi-final, he did it's the just, hop, It's mind games for the keepers. He's keeping them guessing. Yeah. Um, 20th penalty this season, which is an extraordinary amount, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Every single one, bar like maybe one, completely legitimate as well. At yeah, least, no, I, at think, least. I think that's fine. I mean, this is this is um, this is what the, the VAR is there for at the moment to to cross out the howlers. I, I as as we talked last time, I think you know, I think United. I thought I think referees would benefit greatly by having the monitor there that they can go look at because it then lets them make the decision. You know, VAR says you might want to look at this one, um, and even. If that had been the case, I don't think the referee would have chalked. Referees would have chalked off many of those twenty that United had got. No, absolutely not. And and it's a consequence of the way we play and the attacking players we've got. Like that's very this, this, very this. direct attacking players who like to run with the ball. Yeah. So and they're and, faster and, than all the defenders. I mean, we we didn't get twenty penalties in the whole of Mourinho's time with the club because we were barely ever in the box. Exactly. I mean, he said United have been helped by the number of penalties. And it's like, no, the number of penalties have been helped by United. Like, this is... You've got it the wrong way around, pal. Um, Mourinho could be back in the Europa, which is uh, where he belongs, of course. Dancing joy and celebration for their qualification for the Europa League. Well Well done, he's 13. It's not not guaranteed, is it? Because if Arsenal, who finished behind them, win the FA Cup, they'll take that second Europa spot. Really? Well, that'd be So Leicester have got one. 
and then the FA Cup finalists get one. Is there one more? There might be one more. I can't remember. I, I, re- I refuse to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly That's so. Someone else's problem for at least another twelve months. Um, when in because actually in this time in twelve months we'll probably be in the third year of Europa League qualifying round. <laughs> oh, please don't. Yeah, having finished. Anyway, we can talk a little season. bit about that later. But but uh, what else? What else should we say? Um, Jesse Martial, I agree, was okay. I mean, he was he tried. Greenwood quiet, couldn't get on the ball. Rashford very quiet, couldn't get on the ball in any kind of dangerous areas. Pogba and, and Bruno thought part of the problem was they're both too deep. They both in the second half they were they were passing to each other in their own half. I was like, Jesus Christ, lads. I, I mean, I thought the defense, apart from those scary moments, did okay. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, there were some, and as you'd expect with Jamie Vardy, you'd expect him to to get some chances, and he had hardly any. Um, and no mistakes from Brandon Williams. He's had a hard time recently. I think some pretty poor performances. Did yeah, okay be- today. Better today, and I thought he showed a lot of intent as well going forward. Yeah. There was there was some. Oh, he's got runs. that. We know that he's a better attacking player than Luke Shaw for sure, and. Um, he's just had one of those dips that very young players with very little experience have. Mm. Uh, and and he no he'll fo- be stronger for it next season. No football for months on end and came back and thrown into the deep end and all that stuff. It's not. It's just not easy. I mean, we saw United's performances pick up massively over those first couple of games, you know, as players start to... And we saw Rashford hit a little, nice little peak of form and then tail off again as as probably a bit of the fatigue set up. You know, there's the injury recovery finding your feet again, and then there's the fatigue kind of drop. And, you know, you said it earlier in the show, and we'll talk in the second half of the show a lot about, you know, next season. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about the Europa League tournament that's coming up as well, because that's next season doesn't started yet. The season isn't finished. It's just getting started, baby. Trophies are Just going to get better. <laughs> um, and but, but they held on, and then Jesse Lingard came on for Greenwood, which I thought was absolutely the right sub, by the way, at the time. Um, because I think he was the best option on the bench for breaking up attacks, counter-attacks and pressuring their, their defenders into yeah, making Yeah, I, I wonder whether, he, I mean, like, it's worked out fine. Um, United obviously carry much a greater goal threat if Green was in there. He wasn't today. He didn't have a good game. I just wondered at the time whether Lingard for Fernandez might not have been the, the call to make at that time, because in the end he went McTominay for Fernandez like 10 minutes later or something, mm. but... Um, I, I, I liked the, I liked the sub because Bruno presses and wins the ball back a lot as well and puts in tackles in midfield as well a lot. I, I just thought it made us a, a more robust unit at a time in the game where we, we couldn't afford to sit back. But I don't think Lingard coming on for Greenwood doesn't necessarily force the whole team back in the way that some of the different permutations might have done. Like if you brought on McTominay for Fernandez at that point, the whole team drip, drops back. But actually... Lingard's playing high up the pitch, pressing, and and that's what the goal came from, was that thing that he does. I mean, that's not the first time he scored a goal from being given a gift from being a nuisance around that area of the pitch. So, yeah, I was quite pro that sub, um, and it worked out nicely. All right, I didn't see any of the players dancing around as the uh, the final whistle went. No open bus uh, in, in Salford, no? It's... Uh... It's it's good. It's it's job just about done, and I think I'm sure Ollie will know that this was, although it's been a remarkable turnaround for United. This was really the only thing that can happen for United. He couldn't accept another season in the Europa League. I mean, the club's finances couldn't accept it. 
I mean, the, the 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 expectation is about, as I said last time out, hundred to one hundred twenty million. <laughs> you say you said off. this last time out. This is what we've had every time. <laughs> well, no, but it's 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 the context for how big this game is yeah, for United. Massive. I mean, um, and then you know, there's the broadcast rights, the gate receipts. If there are any gate receipts, I mean, <laughs> that's about pe- five million pounds a game. Thousand for, people at the Oval today in the cricket. Yeah. Um, uh, a thousand people at the Oval is very different from a full house at Old Trafford, but it certainly we're getting is, there. Yeah. yeah, we're getting there. Um, and and uh, the the prize money is massive in the you know two point seven million for each victory in the Champions League, um, up to sixty. I mean, imagine United do okay and make the quarterfinals. It's it's probably a seventy five million pound tournament for United so Absolutely. that's why it's so big it's it's the difference between Oli Bjerna make the changes we know he needs to and not exactly it was it I mean this is you know this was the biggest moment for the club since the Europa League final under Mourinho and what we have to really seriously hope and I, I think there is some chance that it's more likely that we don't blow the opportunity in the same way we did and I think I don't think Oli is going to have the same problems that Mourinho has that there, there are all sorts of question marks about Ali after this season. But if you had said before the season you're going to get to the FA Cup final, the League Cup semi final, come third in the league, semi final, Paul, semi final. Did I pick up semi final? You said, said that, final. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, FA Cup semi final, League Cup semi final, um, and come third. And then who knows with the Europa, but like just even just, well, obviously if you just said they come third in the league, you go, ah, that would be really nice. Thank you. <laughs> like that'd be yeah, amazing. For, for sure. There, it's turned out great. I mean, I do worry that, that the powers that beat United will go, oh, okay, then we probably don't need to invest as much as, you know, as, uh, as we thought we might need to in order to stack up our business model, which is not competing with City for, uh, for, next season's title after Liverpool implode. Yeah, or explode. Did the fireworks mean to go off early? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Someone blew their wad pretty sharpish there. Um, the, the, the reality of finishing third, sadly though, just because of those stupid games against Southampton and West Ham, we didn't win the Klausura. I'm absolutely gutted. We lost the Klausura on goal difference to Manchester City. It's 2012 oh. all over again. You see, there's a, there's a great anecdote, isn't there, about um, what Ferguson said in the dressing room after 2012, right? He he said, that apparently, so, so it goes, he said, don't feel sorry for yourselves. This is why I always tell you to attack one goal, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah. um, and it's fair enough, you know. Fine margins and um, one one half of football where United were comfortably winning in that season and eased up. I can't think of a game, uh, <laughs> well, but I mean, there probably was one. There's numerous numerous games in that season where if things had gone slightly different, anyway. Yeah, no, um, I know. but yeah, the, the, in I mean, they they the, it was not close. The goal difference because they kept beating everyone five 0 when they won yeah. games. But. That's true. I mean. Uh, it's a shame we'll only be able to claim one trophy this season as we storm to the Europa League. <laughs> I mean, uh, should we take a little... I mean, anything else you want to say about this game? I, I, I think I, I have to say, having having felt that the team was unbelievably nervous and having really had serious doubts about their ability to handle their nerves, 
I, I think they actually did re- they did really well to to not make big, huge, massive mistakes to for the most part to I mean for Bruno to score the pen, you know that there there was a lot of nervy moments that they got through and and you you got to give them credit for that given how much they'd been hammered if they hadn't done it, you know. Yes, uh, definitely not a great performance. Did enough. The moments mattered for United. Didn't make any really huge mistakes. I mean, moments, but uh, Leicester didn't create enough. They just, they, you know, and, and it's unfortunate for them. They've got three key defenders out and Madison out. I mean, for sure, there's, you know, Pereira, Chilwell, Zorinchu being out of that defence uh, makes a big difference. I mean, if we'd had three of our back four out, would have been, that'd have been interesting. Phil Jones and Eric Bailly. <laughs> <laughs> Double act at the back. Yeah. Um, so, yes, just about enough. Anyway, let's take a break and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what's to come next. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. So, should we do a little bit on the sort of medium term? And then talk about the Europa. All right. Um, we finished third. This is the only we not we haven't done Twitter questions at the back half of this season, just mostly for logistics reasons. Um, but the number one Twitter question we would have got, of course, if we had been doing them. And honestly, this is a significant part of the reason why we're not doing them. Is what is it, Phil Jones's best position? Yeah, exactly. It would have just all been Jaden Sancho all the time. Yeah. So um, this week, United linked in inverted commas to Kingsley Coman in Kingsley Conman, more like in the most obvious kind of like, oh no, we're not that bothered about Jaden Sanja. We've totally got options. It's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, these are the two options that you're considering. These like for like alternatives. I and mean, Kingsley Coman must be one of the most underwhelming players to have played for Bayern Munich, Juventus, and PSG. Um, it's it's he's. He's still got potential and he's had a lot of injury problems, but... Nicholas Gaetan moved this week. He's got a new club. <laughs> and, and it's not us? No, it's not. So are yeah. we getting Jaden Sancho, Ed, now that, now that, the, now that this is... I've no idea, but if, if I was Ed Woodward, and I'm not, you'll be shocked to hear, uh, I would be pulling the trigger on that deal tomorrow. Yeah. Right? The United will be in the Champions League. It's third. I mean, all four going to the group stages yeah. um, because of England's coefficient. Uh, but the the pool will be bigger, quite significantly, actually. Um, so United have that income. We don't have to worry about the Adidas deal collapsing for another two years now. In a much stronger position to negotiate the new shirt sponsor, which runs out at the end of next season. And the negotiations will be happening soon. It's not going to be... Uh, I can't even remember who's... Is it AIG? Who's our sponsor at the moment? Chevrolet, sadly. Chevrolet, God. AIG, yeah. AIG, that was ages ago. Chevrolet. It's not going to be Chevrolet. Got super giddy about the fact that we finished third and imagined the time when we used to win the Champions League. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So um, Chevrolet sacked the guy who signed that deal, like, Weeks after he'd signed it, he'd apparently gone rogue, um, signing away £750 million or something like that. So anyway, you're actually going to be in a much stronger position. So, um, And of course, Dortmund know that, but they're not in a strong financial position. So they may, the, 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 the sort of whispers coming out of Dortmund about playing hardball over this are just that. 
they are not in a strong financial position. He's their most saleable asset by far mm. uh, right now. Um, and and Bayern, having executed on the um, the Leroy Sane deal, probably won't be coming to Dortmund's rescue and buying any of their players this summer. So United should be in a good negotiating position, actually. The, pr- the problem is that also means months and months and months of speculation before United signed Nicholas Gaetan on October the 11th. <laughs> um, if you had to just gut feeling yes or no, you think you think Jaden Sancho wears the number seven shirt at Man United next season? I think there's a good. I think there's a good chance if United are willing to pony up their money. Yeah, basically, but it's still going to be a huge deal. Yeah, even if it's eighty plus bonuses rather than a hundred plus bonuses or one hundred and twenty or whatever it is. I mean, I think there's a a different conversation to be had about whether that's the right one. I mean, we definitely need another forward I think given Daniel James James's season and it's where they see Mason is he going to be challenging for the number nine position or that wide position next season either way Champions League you need more options um but left back center back goalkeeper defensive midfielder I mean are they not even more of a priority than another forward yeah I'd say so but I guess the all the scuttlebutt for such a long time has been about Sancho and 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 he would he'd elevate our best level wouldn't he but I mean they you know they do say the, the he would, numbers elite players do and he's he's a great player and his numbers are huge but the numbers consistently huge yeah the numbers more broadly do suggest that teams that address their weaknesses do better than teams that strengthen their strengths don't they um so I'd love to see that kind of strategy from United but Given well, we do three deals a summer, and let's just say we get the three right. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, of course, there was a lot of talk about the the Bruno deal actually being brought forward from this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nonsense. All he's coming out of that budget that may play into it. So is Edward were going right? Check one deal done super early. Yeah, he might be. Um, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of fat in the squad that needs to be chopped out. Uh, I mean, Jesse scored today has contributed almost nothing this season. Neither has Phil Jones. Smalling looks like they're going to do the deal with Roma for a permanent transfer. Rojo they're going to send out on loan again because who's going to buy him unless you know it subsidizes wages and sale? I mean, maybe they will. Sanchez. He scored the other week. Maybe maybe that's convinced him to, to actually pony up some cash. That'd be unbelievable. But, I mean, that, that's that's a big question because there's three years left on that deal? Or two? God knows. Uh, God can't, knows. I can't remember when it happened. But, yeah, um, this is... Um, so it happened in the... No, I couldn't tell you. I can't tell you. I mean, it was a January transfer, but it wasn't. It was. I don't know if it was 2017 or 2018. It seems like was it a long 18 time months ago. ago or two or and a half, two and years, half ago. years. Could be either. It literally could be either. Time no is idea. entirely meaningless now. So it definitely yeah. happened before February of this year when time became meaningless. So, so there's, um, although of course everyone's been haggling already, it's a 10 week transfer window, which is two fewer than. Normal, although there's the extra two weeks on the end for deals with the EFL if we're desperate and we need to to purchase anyone from the the EFL. I Maybe. mean, who's, who's this season's Dan James? That's, mm. 
That's the key question. Any anyone? So uh, Bournemouth went down. Watford went down. And Norwich, yeah, Bournemouth obviously. won on the final day. Yeah, uh, yeah, unlucky for them, but uh, Villa did just enough. Yeah, Watford uh, did not. No, they uh, got beat. So looking forward to your man D Welbs playing in the Championship. No, I'm looking forward to him playing in the Champions League next season as our right hand side striker alternative. <laughs> would he sign him up? Would he? Would he sign him up? <laughs> um, Jack Grealish is the other player that United have been frequently linked to. Um, where would he play in United's first eleven? I, I think he's back up. I mean, I, he's played almost exclusively on the left side of Aston Villa's attack this season. Uh, but he looks like he he should be playing at number ten. He obviously wouldn't be ahead of Bruno for that role, or I don't know if you trust him in central midfield. So he would be an alternative sort of utility forward, I guess. United, I don't think he's getting in the team ahead of Marcus Rashford either. So is he going to play out on the right-hand side? I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those ones that you execute that deal if Villa had gone down and he was 25 million, not if they stayed up and he's 50 or 60 million. Yeah, I mean, he's very popular among a lot of United fans. It's, it's a question. He's another a high-quality player, asked. but he's never proved it at any kind of level. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, of course, he hasn't had the chance to prove it at any kind of level, but, you know, that's... I mean, he's proved it at a level in the sense that he has played well against good Premier League teams, which I guess is something. But but yeah, it's it's just not clear that he's a natural fit for our needs, really. Um, I mean, especially if we sign Sancho, the, the, the Grealish purchase at that point. Unless, you know, I haven't seen that much of him, so I might misunderstand <laughs> his abilities a bit. But it doesn't seem to me that you're putting him in the side playing... Grealish, Pogba and Fernandez, are you in in the midfield and Rashford, Greenwood and Martial up front or two of them? Not only so, seven goals, six assists in the league this season, which looks about right on XG as well. So, you know, it's not a bad return for a relegation standard team. Maybe he gets double that in a really good side if he's good enough. Yeah. And who knows? No. Couldn't tell you. And it seems to me that apart from the Kingsley Common story, which broke this week, of course, which I would be for because he's a French forward. So I think we should always sign French forwards. Although occasionally they do turn out to be David Bellion. Can't win them all. Um, but uh, I've not really seen us linked with any defensive players as as big name. I mean, Nathan Ake, I think there's talk of him going to City. It which... looks like it's done to City, yeah. I mean, they, I'm sure they'll try and offload... Um, Smalling, I mean, for sure, and Jones. But then we need to buy centre-backs. I mean, Twanzebe has had a disappointing season, hasn't he, with injury and stuff. But Yeah, so, and he, and that's actually the story of a lot of his career. He's had a, a significant injury every single season for the last four, um, which would be a real worry in terms of his development. Fosu Mensah, I'm sure he's off. I'm sure they'll find a, if they can't find a buyer, they'll find a loan. I know he's made a squad for the last few weeks, but uh, yeah. an absolute shocker if he's uh, in the squad next season. Eric Bailly, I mean, the you lad just can't him. stay fit. You keep him can't for sure, be. though, because if you know, he's, yeah, he's... you can sure. Otherwise, you'd have to buy two centre centre backs. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough position. But I haven't seen um, United would do names. very well to to buy one though. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen names. Link. I haven't seen us linked no, no. with anyone on a regular basis, and it does seem like. We normally know who United are interested in by this point in the transfer. And I know it's an unusual season, but um, I, I'm not 
it's not like we've heard Condogbia's name mentioned a ton or something like that. You know, this is, these are, I just, yeah, just no idea who United's targets are in that position. And I don't think they'll pull the trigger on a left back. I think they'll, they'll be happy to go into the season with Shaw and Williams, given that, given their inability to do multiple deals and that, they're not yes I, I don't and and sure they both sign new long-term contracts so I don't think it'll happen I mean an attacking left back would I would like to see Brandon Williams really kick on yeah that that could be the solution yeah um all, all, sure, all should... it's funny actually after Williams had two bad games in a row everyone's like ah oh, Luke Shaw all is forgiven <laughs> we need him back and it's true look he's he's become a competent left back when he's fit uh, and which he's been more often than not this yeah. season, uh, but he's only competent. Yeah, and and I mean he might improve as well. I mean I don't think it's impossible. I don't mean like you know obviously he's at his big age, but he's he's not. It's not impossible that he has like good runs of form throughout periods next season. I mean we've talked so much about the defensive midfield thing. I don't know where a defensive midfield. I, they've just given Nemanja Matic that big contract. They've, I don't think it'll happen. I really desperately think it. It should. I think it's sorry. I. I don't. I'm not desperate to think that it's needed. It's desperately needed. Yeah. I think. I think he's a real problem, and and I know he can be eye catching when he's on the ball, but the defensive side of his game's not good. Well, I mean, he did. Anyway. He did some good defensive work today as well. Like he, as I've said a number of times, whenever we have this conversation, I think he's very good defending one v one. Like, I think he doesn't, he's not bad at all defending 1v1. I think he's, in a limited sense, he's very good at body shape and position and getting the ball off another player if they're right next to each other. I think he does that really well. But, you know, we we know it's an issue. But it's not, I, I just can't see how that gets sorted given that they've just spent all that money, you know? Yeah, no, no, I'm sure it won't. Um, central defenders, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume that uh, Upa Meccano from uh, Ribble Leipzig will be on the move this summer, I'm sure. Very, very good defender. It would right. be huge money, but, you know, who isn't? Um, there was some talk before of Arsenal wanting him, which had me somewhat suspicious about his quality. <laughs> I've seen him a few times, uh, but not enough to <laughs> go, yeah, I'm I'm sure about this one. Um, defensive midfielders, I don't know. I mean, you, you'd take uh, Ndidi in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? I mean, an absolute bastard in midfield. Yeah, so. he's going to cost like absolutely full whack from Leicester. Yeah, because Leicester don't need the money and that's that's uh, that's why negotiating with them is... Is hard work. Anyway, we'll see. It's going we'll to be see. it's going to be interesting how much of their squad they keep together, given that they didn't get Champions League football and whether that but, has an impact. But does it have an impact? I don't know. I mean, um, most of them are there. They can't be there expecting to be in the Champions League every season. No, that's. I mean, true. maybe they're there as a stepping stone. Maybe. Yeah. And Leicester will sell one a season normally. Yeah. So. Maybe it'll be indeedy to us. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's a bit of transfer chat done. Duty bound and morally obligated to talk transfers at least once a season. We've got until October the twelfth <laughs> to talk transfers. <laughs> yeah, God, um, it's going to be painful, isn't it? It is the worst thing. Should is... we talk about something else that's painful? The Europa League. It's not painful this time, baby. The Europa League's back and it's better than ever. If it's this, a free hit. If this Love was it. always the Europa League, we were already in the Champions League the next season, and it was just like a inject football into my eyes summer tournament every year. The Europa league would be great so yeah i'm buzzing for this i really hope we don't throw away our five nil lead over lask so we have a we have a game against lask on the 5th of august 
at Old Trafford, uh, I'm assuming. I mean, I wonder whether Ollie would just be tempted to even give some of these players some actual literal time off. Go to the spa, go somewhere you're allowed to go and that's not a threat of having a 14-day quarantine. I don't know what I don't know what their the bubble is supposed to be with them, whether they're not even allowed to do that. Um either way, you know, Bruno shouldn't be playing again till the you know, the quarterfinal or semi-final of that that tournament, basically. Yeah, so he, he he very much looks like he's not used to playing eight games in twenty-four days. It's the twenty-sixth of July as we record this. The LASK game is on the fifth of uh, August, right, and yes. then the first quarterfinal is on the tenth of August. That LASK yes. game, we will play three of the players that started this game. We'll- You'd expect there to be complete changes. I mean, even if United played the under twenty threes, we're not going to ship six goals, surely. Uh, you wouldn't have thought so, no. I mean, uh, one thing, talking of games played, uh, worth noting that Shamoon Hafiz from uh, the BBC uh, tweeted that um, with the lineup that was announced today, Harry Maguire started every single Premier League game for Man United, the first player to do that since Gary Pallister. Absolutely remarkable. And, you know, um, he's had a, a fascinating season, Maguire. I mean, he's getting hammered by, like, uh, cool young football Twitter. They hate him. Um, and that, I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's had, I think he has had a mixed season. I think he started ropey. I think he grew into the role, that little period where he was given the captaincy and, and then the kind of the, the pre Corona decent run of form. I thought he was, he played well throughout yeah. that period. And then he's well, been Laurie mixed Well, wrote a piece on the, um, on the athletic, Boo. uh, last week uh saying that he had that um hip injury and he was playing through um with painkillers which we said every bloody week for about a month yeah um so i mean it seemed very obvious at the time didn't it so, yeah and i think that contributed to some of his sort of performance dip at the time i think he's had a very mixed season it's not obvious to me that he's had a significantly better season than than uh Vitor Lindelof alongside him i mean really He's not contributed loads of goals. He has made mistakes, both the very obvious ones and also positional ones. He's he is decent on the ball, but he's not great. He's he's not Franco Baresi, is he? So, I mean, Victor was thirty million, Maguire was eighty million. I don't know that we're getting there. And you know, I know it's it's just not one from Benfica, one from Leicester. Um, that's why there's the massive premium. I, I just think he needs to up his game a level and the Champions League will find him out really quickly. I think um, if he doesn't, if he isn't able to do that, and it may be that if United got a really good defender alongside him, that it would help up his game. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, one, one of the things that he, he always gets compared to Van Dijk um, because Van Dijk came in for 75 million at Liverpool and had an absolutely transformational effect on their defence. But he did come in at the same time as Alisson, right? Van Dijk or or half a season after or something like that. It was around the same time, maybe in the I same window. The same time. And, and so it wasn't just Van Dijk alone that transformed Liverpool's defence, although he obviously made a massive difference and is an absolutely excellent yeah. player and definitely you'd go, oh yeah, well, he was absolutely worth the money for the contribution, you know. Um, so, I, I don't know. But anyway, it's it's 
really the price is whatever. It's it's does he make United better? He's definitely made United better this season. You say he's not had an obviously better season than Lindelof. I think there are people that would definitely argue Lindelof's been more at fault for more goals and stuff, whatever. It one thing's for sure he's had a better season than Smalling or Jones would have done. I mean, Smalling has had one season at United, which I would say was better than Maguire's season this season. But they both would have been injured for half the season, and you know, and also of course, look, I, 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 absolutely, he upgraded United's defenses options, and the fact that he's played thirty-eight games is testament to the fact that he will not get injured, or if he does get injured, well, he's quite prepared to risk him (laughs) through through painkilling injections. So, um. For sure. I, I just don't think he, he hasn't been transformational. No. Although United's defensive record is pretty good this season. Yes. Yeah, obviously, needs to, and yeah, it, is, it just doesn't feel like it should be. Um, given that uh, Dave is, well, he's he was, when I looked it up in terms of his, uh, ex, well, post shot expected goals against, sorry for everyone who hates me when we start talking like this, is second bottom of the table, right? So this is a measure of shot-stopping ability. It's not a measure of crosses claimed or command of area or communication or uh, distribution or any of those other things that matter um, for a modern goalkeeper. It's just one thing. That used to be where the, the hair was like, plus 10 XG. I mean, he had that one season where he was like, plus 14 XG. Mm. Um, and and here he is not at all, what, not even near. One of the things that's fascinating about United's defensive record this season is you look at the season as a whole and it almost feels like a lot of it was defined by weird defensive lapses and stuff. So you're expecting to look at the expected goals against and see that actually we've massively outperformed those, not necessarily because of Dave, but because of striker profligacy or whatever. But um, we've only given, like we've conceded 36 goals to 38 goals of XG. That's basically the same in a prob- in a statistical yeah. model. That's that is the same. And that is including the penalties. You know, that's yeah. that's 36 goal 38 goals of XG against, including penalties. So Well, the penalties are gimme for the opposition. Dave hasn't saved one for four years. <laughs> so. But you know that it's just it it's a very weird thing. And and I wonder, you know, Scott McTominay had a big role in that, in my opinion, for large periods of the season. And I do think our defence looked better organised with him. In front of it, I feel like that's a point we made a lot on the show. Um, no, no, I, I, I fully agree. Yeah, he doesn't have the passing range of Matic and, and the leadership um, skills of Matic yet, apparently. You know, we'll, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's been an absolutely fascinating league season. I mean, it was so bleak around October when we were 14th in the league because we deserved to be 14th in the league and, and things a little bit improved on that. And then... Bruno came along and really provided some impetus. And then, I mean, I do think it's very interesting to, well, for sure, without Pogba and Rashford coming back for that last period of the season, I don't think we finished third. So, you know, it's it's it was very fortunate for United's position in the league this season that there was an extended break. And I also can't help wondering what, those that run of really good performances and really good games would have looked like if there were crowds because it did look like they were playing without with the whole with the freedom of old trafford they were playing with complete confidence in their abilities and freedom to try things and all that stuff and i i wonder whether having crowds they would actually have negatively impacted on some of that yeah i don't know i mean old trafford um i'd say quite often 
gets on players back or you can you can well no I mean that's not that's not quite right that you can sense the tension at Old Trafford can't you um the nights where Old Trafford is really rocking which they still are oh, but yeah. they're a few a season not a lot a season yeah uh, but a lot of that's about where United are as a club right now um, but um, I think the the lockdown and the break came at a perfect time for United. I mean, Rashford, he hasn't had a brilliant time post lockdown. I mean, he's, amazing he's had moments and rough ones. Amazing moments, but yeah, a lot of games where he's not really able to get into it. Um, I guess that's understandable. Pogba's played a really interesting role, much deeper role. Um, he's had some very good games, some not so good games, but no terrible games. I like all the not so good games for everyone are right at the back end, like those last yeah. that last couple of weeks, really. That that extended stretch of high quality play and just brilliant goals. I mean, even in the bad run, there was a bunch of high quality goals. Today was almost today in the the semi final against Chelsea. Really, the only two days when there weren't wonder goals in the, in everything since lockdown. Tottenham. We topped and tailed it with with uh, no wonder goals in terms of league games. Every other one had absolutely amazing goals in it, which was yeah delightful. So um, the Europa League. That, this was an attempt at a Europa League preview. Um, I, I, who's left in it? Who do we? Who what yeah. might we face? So um, in uh, in our side of the draw is um, United versus LASK first, and and Istanbul versus Copenhagen. That will play for one semi-final spot, those four. And then there's Olympiakos, Wolves, Roma, Sevilla, Inter, Hetafe, Rangers, Leverkusen play for on the other side of things. Right. And then the, the other uh, the other one, it's not on our side, I think it's on... So I think Olympiakos, Wolves, Roma, Sevilla is on our side. So we'll face one of those four in the semi-final. And then there's Inter, Hetafe, Rangers, Leverkusen, Wolfsburg... Donetsk and Frankfurt Basel for the other semi-final. Yeah, because they there's loads more teams on that side because there's more of them that didn't finish their yeah, second yeah, leg yeah. or something, right? So we we've got the the, the game against LASK, which we can assume uh, reasonably assume is is going to be okay. Um, five away goals going into that one. I don't know whether away goals will be considered, but let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um, uh, and then um, we we come on to. The the quarterfinal on the tenth, and then the games start to come. We laugh on the other side of your face when we lose six <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, it could happen. I mean, I don't know if it could happen. I can't tell you anything about Istanbul, no, or Copenhagen. This is the third Istanbul team, isn't it? Well, right? the thing is, um, this is one of the things that I do know about Turkish football, which is that you assume you're not playing Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, or um, the other one. Uh, that they're all going to be bad, but that's not the case anymore. Like the Turkish league's gone completely crazy and all Besiktas is the other one that I was thinking of. Uh, all the big boys are bad now uh, for some reason. So in the Turkish league right now, um, in the league table, Istanbul... They lost today. Istanbul are top of the league though. Right. Followed by Trabzonspor and then Besiktas. Galatasaray are sixth and Fenerbahce are seventh. So those wow. those old... All change in Turkey. Yeah. Um, so the supers. Who, who's Erdogan's team? Just asking. Uh, I think it might be Istanbul Basakasehir. If you ever tweet about Turkish football, it's a very dangerous game. But hopefully, saying on a podcast, there's not the same level of algorithmic relentlessness among the fan base. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, look, I can't I can't make an informed decision about this one because I've seen neither side play. But you'd expect, just in terms of the uh, the, league the coefficients standings. and stuff, that United should be significantly better, and this is a, a a very good path through to a semi final, of which would be a tough semi final. Olympiacos Wolves, I think I'm right in saying, is one one going into that second game at Molyneux. So uh, Roma boys. Sevilla didn't play at all. They're playing a one off game. Um, wow. Sevilla, I think they finished fourth in Spain this season, if I'm right in saying fourth or fifth. Uh, so, you know, a decent side. I think Roma are about the same position in Serie A as well. So, you know, both decent sides for a one off game. Yeah, for sure. The kind of they are the Europa League teams in their relative leagues, aren't they? You know, that's that's kind of what they are. Can Smalling play against us? Uh, I suspect uh, not. I suspect not. Maybe if we've sold him by that point to them, then maybe he could. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. So the the quarterfinals on the 10th and then the semi is on the 16th and then the finals on the 21st. So not an insane schedule. Um, One-off game, obviously. And they're all being played in Germany, if I'm right in saying. Right. Around the sort of Ruhr Valley in Schalke and... uh, Okay, uh, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really and, and the Champions League tournaments in Lisbon. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be real fun to just have loads and loads and loads of football on all the time again. Um, there's a lot of games on the same days, so we're not quite got the. I don't think we've quite got the kind of seven days a week football that we've been used to over the last uh, last few weeks, and would expect in a in a kind of World Cup year. Or a Euros year, as this would have been. We'll still get sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe it's not even <laughs> next week, Ed. Next year, sorry, next season. Our podcast. We're not going to have to record it like every, at ten o'clock on a Thursday night every week. That'd be ten o'clock on a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 because nah, show comes out Friday, bro. The show's chill. Show comes out Friday. It's all good. <laughs> um. Glorious. Um, I'm I'm just glad to be not talking about you know playing third place from the Kazakhstani league on a Thursday night at 4 p.m. Yeah, no more 4 p.m.s. I think there's some, still some 6 p.m.s in the Champions League now, but no more 4 p.m.s. Oh, glorious. Um, I mean, you know, let's see if we can limp through the group stages after a really miserable summer. I mean, who knows? Who knows what next season will bring? I certainly can't go into it bullish thinking, yeah, we're going to massively close the gap on the teams in second and first in the league. But I am absolutely... No, in fact, I mean, if we're looking over our shoulder at uh, Chelsea, as we've talked about, they've, I mean, it looks like the the Havertz deal is going to happen. So it's three very high quality forwards. They they still can't defend for Toffee. Finished above them in the... could be looking over our shoulder. Finished above them in the league though, didn't we? <laughs> We did, we did, yeah. But it's a bit, it is definitely a big summer for United. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I like you, I'm looking forward to the Europa League mini tournament because it doesn't, there's, you know, I'd like United to win. Sure. Obviously, because yeah, be a trophy is a trophy and it's, it's, um, it's, it's good for the club. Uh, and it's not an insane schedule. And the draw's been favourable. I mean, United could win this tournament. Yeah, I mean, and, sure. and they're going to have a break and they should be going into it with an unbelievable amount of confidence because, you know, we we started the Clausura talking about how, I mean, I remember after the Tottenham game, I said, after the that half, I said, well, at least there's a load of positives. And you said, positives are fine, but there's a real urgent need for points. Now, 
we have been massively helped by the sheer number of points that Leicester and Chelsea have both dropped in this run. And it's, I mean, especially the fact that we've like overhauled Leicester is to the extent that we have. They've finished two places below us in the league. I mean, that that is absolutely remarkable given where we were. But we had to do the business and yet we've run out of steam. Yet there's real problems with the fact that there's no depth beyond the first 11. Yet there's problems with the fact that Solskjaer didn't, use his squad enough even with the limitations of trust that he placed in them yes there's problems that a few games uh he should have done something to change the game in the course of the games but also made a bunch of really good substitutions got the team playing really well for extended periods of that time and you know only one team has uh well no team's got more points than us in this run and only one team's got a better goal difference than us in this run so you know, I'm amazing. looking forward to Ollie picking the same team for 30 games in a row at the beginning of next season and everyone being injured afterwards. Yeah, so. I mean... Was it? No, no. Look, all your points are completely fair and valid. And, you know, it is my glass half full um, uh, head on that says, hmm, you know, we've got some big problems here, even though that turnaround has been awesome. I don't think you know what glass half full means. It's half empty. <laughs> half empty. <laughs> No, I mean, and by the way, I, though you're, this is absolutely correct. It's absolutely correct that we've got some big problems. And um, for now, kick back, feet up, Champions League and Europa League as kind of interested spectators, hoping United win a trophy, GGMU and all that sort of thing. Um, But uh, the the main job is done. And uh, I, for one, am absolutely delighted that we're going to be in the Champions League this season. And I'm... Delighted that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Man United have finished third in the league. Like, if you had told us that, I know I said this earlier, if you told us that at the beginning of the season, how many United fans wouldn't have absolutely bitten your hand off for third in the league? Yeah, absolutely. Who, who do you want to win the uh, Champions League then this season? Um, who, Who's left in it? Juve, Leon, Leon one nil up from the uh, the first leg. City, Real Madrid, City two one up um, on Real Madrid. Bayern, Chelsea, Bayern three nil up. Barcelona, Napoli one one. I guess I want Napoli to win it. Doesn't, doesn't seem very likely, but you know, ABC right? <laughs> Any, anyone but City, I think is the I think <laughs> yes, is the or, position. Or Chelsea in. or Real Madrid. I mean, I don't care that much if if Chelsea win it, and I definitely don't care that much if Real Madrid win it because they're managed by Zinedine Zidane so I'm constitutionally boo, obliged in that. Oh, boo <laughs> boo I know no not having that no uh, okay anyway I don't care that much no until next season then I care yeah absolutely I mean I, I would it wouldn't be I don't care if City win it honestly personally I don't care that much um, but I, I I'll annoy so many United fans that I know that I'd rather they didn't win it for that reason alone um and of course, because they're a, it's so long as City on PSG don't win it, that's, you know, it'd be funny. It'd be weirdly hilarious if Barcelona, who are currently significantly imploding, won it. I don't know if you, I'm sure you. Atalanta, PSG, and Leipzig, Atletico were the other games in the Champions League, which I completely forgot. Oh, yeah, because I think some of those are not, there's some teams that some are going to the next round. They yeah. were the completed game, yeah. Right. Very, very exciting to watch it. I guess like I'd like, I'd like Atalanta or Napoli to win it. There you go. That's my take on it. Someone's now going to message me saying, 
Well, actually, these are the reasons why these clubs are massively problematic because nice things don't exist anymore. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, but one nice thing does exist and that is our backers. And if you stay tuned, you'll hear um, a bunch of chat about football uh, away from United. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hooray, United. Have, we did it. We finished third in the league, everyone. Absolute scenes. <laughs> Off to get on our open bus. Yeah, exactly. Tour. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, my my little one's got one of them, so I'll, I'll drive around the living room with one of those on. mini trophy. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Um, we really appreciate your support across the season. It's it's been lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 keep doing these. We're, we're obviously we are taking a little bit of time off. We're going to be back uh, after the LASK game to talk about what happened in that game and look do a bit more of preview stuff for um, the Europa League. We might even look at some of the players that play for our potential quarterfinal opponents. So see, we'll see you on the Friday before, I think the 10th is a Sunday, so or Monday in fact. So we'll see you on the Friday before that with another show. All right, looking forward to that. Now we'll play in Cologne. Ah. Quarterfinal, Cologne semi-final. Lovely. And the finals at Schalke. Yeah. All right. See you soon, everyone. Take care. All till right, then. see you. Bye now. <laughs>